Hello and hey there. Hey, do you have a favorite summer getaway spot? What are your absolute beach necessities? What is your favorite SPF of sunscreen? This is the Top 5 Podcast. Nothing is off limits and everyone is wrong, even when we think they are right. I'm your host, Eric Shane. With me, as always, is... Zach Rancourt. Zach Rancourt. How are you, bud? I'm good. I think my preferred SPF is 30. It's about middle of the road there. Um, I spend a lot of time outside, and I think that's a good amount of SPF, but I don't really know too much about it. I hear conflicting things about higher SPF that are like, you don't really need that high, but I don't know. I hear you, man. I hear you. But we are also joined today by Mr. Tom Lockhart. Tom, what's your favorite SPF? Uh, I'm going to go with Infinity. Infinity. Yeah. (laughs) Casper the ghost there. That's right. (laughs) I'm going to get skin cancer from just going outside. I said sunscreen, not sunblock, but I guess that is really the true sunblock, right? That is completely never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, ever. I went to the driving range. I went to the drive. I was saying I went to the driving range for like the second time in my life this week. And Mm -hmm. we were talking about it a lot uh, between the three of us. But Mandy's like, hey, make sure you wear sunscreen. I'm like, hey, it's a covered area. I'm going to. I don't need to do that. And I was that's fine. I didn't have to. But I got to thinking if I was uh, if I was unlucky and had to get on the other side of the place, I would have been out in the sun and yeah, I would have been torched. So mm-hmm. do you guys keep sunscreen in your golf bags. Uh, not in my golf bag, but I do get told every time I leave to anything that's remotely outdoor to put on sunscreen until mm-hmm. like October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of the 10 essentials um, when you're hiking. So like I went back back in this weekend and, you know, put sunscreen on cause it was hot out. Um, even though I want to get some color, you can still get color with sunscreen, obviously. But uh, yeah, right. I just want to protect my skin and not get a sunburn and not get melanoma. So yeah, I don't mess around. I, I do that. That and earplugs at concerts. Um, I don't want to lose my hearing as I get older. And so uh, they sell really cool earplugs that you can still hear everything. It's just way less impact on those eardrums. Smart, smart. Well, we're going to jump into today's uh, topic here. So I'm just going to ask the audience Have you ever had a show recommended to you or even forced upon you by a a significant other, a roommate, a friend or whatever that you were kind of down on or a little met on? Maybe you didn't really have any interest in it. And then before you know it, it became like your favorite show ever. Of course, that's happened to you. That has happened to you loads of times about lots of different stuff. It shows, movies, books bands, vehicles, or just experiences in general. And today we are talking about our top five pleasant surprises where we take five things that we were initially down on or maybe a little lukewarm about. And then we found out that, holy crap, these things are actually kind of awesome. To enhance our discussion, we did not share our list with each other. And by no means are we experts in this or any other category. We are just a few dudes who like to discuss nonsense. So, Tom, could you please give me your number one on this list? Okay, my number one was something that I told myself that I did not like for about 28 years or so. I was like, I had it and it wasn't good and I'll never have it again. And then I met my wife and she was like, oh, well, let's go out for sushi. And I was like, eh, I don't, I don't like sushi. And she was like, are you sure you don't like sushi? Cause it's delicious. And I was like, I don't like it, but I guess we could go. And then we got sushi and I was like, Wait a second. Sushi is delicious. It's like my third favorite food now. Um, the problem is 
the first time and the only time before 28 years into my life that I had sushi, it was from a grocery store. Mm. <laughs> and from what I've heard, that is not the ideal place to be making a, any sort of judgment on a lot of different types of food. But sushi, don't have grocery store sushi and then decide you don't like it as a whole. Sushi is delicious. Uh, we get it at least once a month usually. Um, and my favorite roll is the Vegas roll. It is a deep fried roll. So that, that adds a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I, I crush through sushi now. Like that's, I'm, I'm actually getting pretty good with chopsticks sometimes for some, sometimes (laughs) it's kind of like golf with me where my swing is just all of a sudden bad. And I don't know why. Sometimes my hand just doesn't remember how to hold chopsticks. I don't know what's (laughs) wrong with my brain, but I just can't like do it. I I don't understand why my brain does you. that to me. Oh, I hear you. Sushi was definitely, yeah, sushi was an acquired taste for me as well. I did not grow up eating it. That was not nope. a thing that was in our random, that we did not, that was not in our rotation ever. Mandy loved it. She turned me on to it and I still don't like it as much as she does because uh, she's a fiend for it. She could eat sushi probably every day without i shouldn't say probably she could eat sushi every single day and it would be completely fine uh, she has her yeah i could do that <laughs> yeah there's a i think she likes it with the salmon on top like a, a piece mm-hmm. of raw salmon on top i can't remember what that roll is called but um a good sashimi like i think there's like a piece of i guess probably on top i don't know i don't know what this is called she would you know she'll she'll tell everybody when she listens to this episode she'll yell really loud about it anyway <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, I like, well, I like the standard California roll, which is pretty good, but I also really love a tuna roll, like a spicy tuna roll mm-hmm. is so tasty. And I've had the hand roll and I've had the the special, you know, the regular roll that you get very, very good. But, and I like wasabi. I hate ginger. You don't like ginger? Ugh. Weird. <laughs> I like ginger in other fashions, but not with sushi. Hmm. Mm. It's gross. And, well, well, the ginger you're supposed to use to like cleanse your palate in between different rolls. Yeah, that's I what the gingers. Yeah, I earned that disgusting palate. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that clogged that palate clogged with wasabi. I earned that. So uh, nigiri is the one with rice and it's a raw sliced fish at the top, and then sashimi is um, just a piece of raw fish. But I was I'm practicing my Japan, and so I said uh, surakasushi. That's please. Sushi. <laughs> so you would have had a lot of fun uh, with me at the in Charleston this last week. I went there for uh, a work event for mm-hmm. um, and uh, for like a lean production, whatever, like a lean uh, flow reduction workshop. And we had a sensei there mm. who is a uh, Shingajitsu uh, sensei from Japan. And he came with an interpreter from Japan mm. to help run this and show us and give us ideas of how to effectuate all the change that we have in our shop and help point us in the right direction when we're, when we're going the wrong way or whatever. And he was hilarious, but he, he spoke like maybe five words of English yeah, <laughs> and that was it. But he had a wonderful interpreter with him and it was just a, it was a really transformative experience. It was really, really cool. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. I, um, along the lines of what you're saying too, I mean, I could eat sushi every single day. It's, it's just incredible. When I go to Japan, I mean, it's obviously going to be on the menu, no pun intended. Um, I am very excited for it. We are fortunate to have some pretty awesome sushi places here in the Pacific Northwest because of our, 
um, l- because of how our proximity to the ocean, I should say, and then um, our pr- proximity to Japan is, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're a lot closer to Japan, so we can attract higher end chefs. Um, and then same thing with Hawaii, too. A lot, of, a lot of good fish out there, a lot of good sushi. But I was like Tom. I was very uncultured. I dated a gal who took me to a sushi restaurant, and I was like, what is this? And I started eating it. I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. And then you get a little more adventurous because then you try more of the sashimi and it's like you're getting the fresh fish and it's just so buttery and delicious and not fishy at all. Just tastes Mm. like it's melting in your mouth. It's so goddamn good. And I could go crazy for that stuff. Here in the Puget Sound area, we in terms of demographics, uh, Asian, we are wonderfully uh, diverse with our Asian American uh, population here who's just bring all this wonderful cultural experience from Vietnam and from Indonesia and from Japan. And they bring, it's just, it's just a wealth mm-hmm. of seafood and wonderful cuisine. And, and since we have access to great seafood all right here in the sound and right off the coast and up through Alaska, we just are, we are spoiled for seafood here. And um, yeah, sushi is definitely, definitely huge here. So I'm glad you brought that up and, She's going to kill me if I can't remember exactly. I don't know if it was a Seattle roll or what was it that she really loves, uh, but I don't, maybe it wasn't the Seattle roll. Like a traditional sushi roll with rice on the outside and then things are on the inside. It, it is rice on the outside, but then she had, it's a piece of salmon on top of the rice as well. Al- along with a filling in the middle. Yes. Is okay. there, okay. That, I guess that's what I, I was more getting at. So there's filling in the middle too. Yeah. Um, I yes. think it's just a, a specific style roll. I don't think yeah. it has an exact name. It's just like some, Sometimes that's what they want to make their role like. But yeah, okay. each place is going to have their own version of like, you know, Seattle roll or Diablo roll or whatever. Seattle sure. usually has crab in it, I think. Um, I could be wrong, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think a Seattle has crab and cream cheese in it. Yeah, there you mm. go. The cream cheese is what usually is the just like a stupid Seattle dog. Unbelievable Love combination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. But it I mean, out. It's awesome that you were able to expand your your palate there, Tom. Absolutely, buddy. Good, good one. I yeah. uh, I just realized that I did not add any food uh, items to my list because there's not a whole lot of food. That's that, a I surprise. Mean, yeah, I kind of <laughs> like them all. <laughs> I kind of even the ones I was like oh, about. I could say Brussels sprouts, but it's like okay, those are good. We t- well, we've talked about. If it makes you feel better, mm-hmm. I have no forms of entertainment on my list, which that is think. surprising. <laughs> Okay. Well, food is entertainment. Well, then That's I'm going to start with a I'm going to start with a form of entertainment that all three of us have talked about ad nauseum on this podcast many 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 times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start off with saying that Batman Begins was a sensation. The Christopher Nolan series really really reawakened the entire Batman franchise for us because we really got Batman out in the 90s with mm-hmm. the different versions of it with Val Kilmer and, and all that. Um George Clooney as well. And they were cool. And Nolan took it a totally different direction. Christian Bale was a revelation as both Bruce Wayne and Batman, because I, was, I remember working at the casino. There was a guy named Tim who was a huge Batman fan. And he said like, there was like Val Kilmer was the, was the better Batman and George Clooney was the better Bruce Wayne. Uh, but he's like, but Christian Bale was great as both Batman and Bruce Wayne in that first one. And I mean, it that Batman Begins could be my number one right there, just because I was pleasantly surprised by how good it was, but it wasn't. Uh, it isn't my number one. Um, it, it teased the Joker at the end of it, the Dark Knight, 
uh, is my number one. Obviously, we've talked about the Dark Knight many, many times, and there is an obvious reason because of Heath Ledger's performance. Uh, when I first heard about it, and I'm repeating myself, but Tom and Zach, you remember because we were all at the casino at the time. When he was first cast, I was just like, are you kidding me? The 10 things I hate about you, kid. Like, for real? Seriously? The, the kid from The Patriot? I'm not a child. You're my child. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was I was very meh. I was, uh, I was skeptical. But he was totally transformative and took over that role. I don't know how much time we need to spend talking about The Dark Knight again. <laughs> but that was one of those ones where... I went into that movie just sort of like, okay, I hope it's all right. And it turned out to be one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. I, for everything you said, I remember vividly watching it in, in theater. It was one of the best theater experiences I've ever had. And I'm a diehard Batman fan. And so for me, I just was obsessed with it. And I thought Heath Ledger was going to be great. When I saw that first teaser trailer. I was blown away. Um, and he, you know, it exceeded my expectations, which is crazy. One of the best openings of all time filmed in IMAX seen it in, in uh, IMAX was unreal, but yeah, hundred percent agree yeah. with you. Yeah. When uh, I, when I saw the first teaser trailer, that's when it first gave me the idea that, Oh my God, yeah, this could really be something. <laughs> this is a movie. Uh, if there was an entertainment thing to make my list, it wouldn't be this. It would be the Batman with Robert Pattinson because I was I was very eh going into it I went Mm -hmm. and saw it on like a Wednesday at like 10 a.m. because I was like "Eh, I guess I'll go see this movie and I was enthralled the whole time Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still haven't seen that movie this is it's it's so good (laughs) bum 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 it's on HBO Max you should watch it but better just buy it because it's incredible and I fucking (laughs) loved every minute of the Batman I think it's 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 brilliant. I love Matt Reeves' direction, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good one. The I've Dark heard Knight nothing but great. Good. I've heard nothing but good things about it. So, all right. Well, that's my number one, Zach. What's your number one? All right, I'm gonna start out with a hot one. Hot, hot, hot. Caliente. Hot takes. Like, like Nelly getting hot in here. Uh, so I am 36 years old as the crow flies. I think that's what people say. And <laughs> so I. You know, I'm not part of any club or I'm not in school or anything. I work from home, so I'm at my house uh, a lot. And it is hard to make friends. Um, I am fortunate enough to have made friends with y'all in a past life. And uh, most of those people at my birthday party, I met years and years and years ago through various functions. So as an adult, how do you make friends? Well, you could go to your local Craigslist men seeking men and maybe like meet up, <laughs> but it might be a little weird, you know, when they take you to a parking lot. Uh, so instead, in, in a more civilized way, um, I started using the dating app Bumble. But hear me out. It has a uh, section called BFF, and that's best friend forever for people who don't know the BFF term, all the boomers out there. Bumble BFF uh, is a sub app for this app, or it's within the Bumble app, the dating app. But basically, you have your profile and set it up as friends. So you're just swiping on guys and you put like, I like beer and nachos and football and just looking for friends to hang out with. Obviously, I'm going to smash that patriarchy and say that's not what we all put on our profiles. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, I put, hey, just looking for outdoors friends like hiking and stuff, uh, getting beers, watching baseball and blah, blah, blah. Um, 
very skeptical at first. I uh, did get some propositions that were not welcome. Um, and I was like, look, I support it. It's, that's not what I'm trying to do here. But I did meet some pretty awesome friends. So to date, I've met three three friends directly from Bumble BFF. And then one of those friends is a very good friend. I in turn met probably four other friends uh, outside of or in his circle. So like outside of the app. So I've met a good seven people using this Bumble BFF app and they're all friends. It's great. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised because when I first saw it, I was like, well, that's kind of weird finding friends on a dating app. Um, but then I realized, you know, like I met Candace on a dating app and I've had other great relationships on dating apps and it's just the way the world works now. You know, you, you can't always, who do I, who do I go up to? Do I go up to somebody in the gym? I'm like, Hey man, you look strong. You want to be friends or like, what do you do? So it's, it's a great segue to meet friends, but, uh, it was, it was definitely surprising. I didn't think it was going to work and it was awesome. So Bumble BFF. Uh, I, I feel like this is something that I'm going to have to think about in the future because at some point, me and Whitney probably will move out of the state of Washington. Yeah. And I have the same like 15 to 20 friends that I've had for the past, you know, 20 years. And I haven't made a new friend in at least like 10 years, it seems like. Uh, and if I move away, I'm going to have to make a couple friends. And I work from home, so it's going to be hard to go out and meet people. So uh, this might actually be something I use in the future. Uh, ask you a question look, real quick, Tom. Looking for new friends. Yeah, go ahead. I just I don't want to interrupt. I just want to ask you a new, uh, just quick hypothetical. Why? Why? That's a great why, question. Why would you have to make new friends over there? Like acquaintances is one thing. You're going to, you know, you might have to go to the office or whatever have you and your neighbor or whatever, you know. Friends of, say, her family, if you're living on the East Coast, you know, you'll probably know people. It's just, just, just different. I'll know some yeah. people, yeah. To make new friends, in-person friends, when you have the internet, good sir? I don't have to, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you're actually probably right. Never mind. This, this is a stupid app. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a really cool idea, though. I, I I think it's great that you can, you know, maybe vet people just like with dating. I don't know. I've never I was fortunate in the sense that I found you guys early on in my adulthood mm -hmm. and uh, Mandy even earlier than that. Um, I didn't have to really date via apps. But once it became a thing, I was like, wow, you know what? That's actually kind of cool, especially the ones where is it Bumble where the woman has to reach out to you first? Is that yeah. the Okay, that's that's particularly impressive. Well, the person who got liked, man or woman or non-gender conforming, oh, okay. uh, the person that got liked, uh, they have 24 hours to reach out to you if you click like on them. And so it's it's really great. It's it's I mean, it's solid app. Uh, I had the most success with Hinge. But in terms of meeting friends, I mean, I I treated it like I, I did dating in the same mentality of sure, you can go meet someone in person. Um, like at the pumpkin patch or the library or the pine tree farm. I don't know where people meet nowadays, but um, it's so much cooler to get through all the guessing work and see what someone's hobbies and interests are via an app because it's like, cool, I see that you're attractive. I'm attracted to you. And also I know that you're not a QAnon person and I know that, yeah. <laughs> you know, our ideas align with each other and so on and so forth. I know you can't get everything off of an app, but that's why you go on a date. And so with friends, it's great because it's the same thing. You can right. kind of you can kind of see it's like, hey, you're not a hardcore like, you know, conspiracy theorist or anything. Right. And you can kind of just gauge that. And so 
it is a little weird because, you know, you're kind of judging people by how they look, but not really like you just have a profile. So it's more just putting a face to to a name and to their to their hobbies and whatnot. Uh, but it's it's been successful and you're able to meet people from areas that you may not have met before. Like I'm not going to drive to Renton, but, you know, you might meet a friend down there or something. So it's it's cool. Like it's I, I like how it, I link, get it links us. I think the only kind of experience I would have with that would be with D&D. Tom, mm-hmm. you and I have talked about this a lot. Uh, yep. Roll 20. Uh, with Dungeons and Dragons, it's hard to find a table sometimes. It is hard to find a committed group of people to play D&D with if you really want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Roll20, you are playing in an online format with people from all over the place, and you can find the exact type of game you want to play or other uh, tabletop games, but the online version of them. It's Sometimes it's hard to find a group that wants to play that game with Roll20 and with a couple of other sites that do it as well. It's easier to find that group, and you never know who you could make be really good friends with i guys i've been playing with for five six years now they're occasionally meeting up like when yeah. they're coming to town they go to another town like hey you want to go grab a beer while i'm in town they never met before awesome. but they they know like intimate details about each other because they've been playing together for years uh people play world of warcraft same thing mm-hmm. same thing guys in the same guild for 15 years best friends never seen each other face to face yeah you never know man so that's a that's I mean, a really cool thing I mean, D and D is the reason I have my two newest friends. So, Rob and Chad, who I've go. now known for like six years, because we started playing D and D together. Two guys I probably never would have met just because. Like, there you go. Uh, well, we're heading great. into our number. <laughs> we're heading into our game. Friends who game together stay together. Number two. Tom, near number two. Number two is my last food one. Um, and it's actually one that I just realized about a month and a half ago, maybe a month ago, that I actually like. And it's something that I had never tried, just assumed from what I knew about it that I wouldn't like it. And that is oysters. Um, I always just assume that they were slimy and gross and they tasted of seawater and that just never appealed to me. But Whitney was like, I want to go get oysters though. Cause she likes them. And I, okay. They got some things on the menu. I could, I could try. They got some crab mac and cheese. I'll, I'll throw down on that. And so <laughs> we get there and she got the platter and I got the mac and cheese. And then she was like, you want to try one? And I said, okay, fine. I will do this for my wife. And then I ate half of that platter <laughs> <laughs> and oysters are actually very delicious. And it was a platter of like seven or eight different types and they tasted different with each one, which was just like mind blowing that this gross thing could taste so many different ways, which I realized I should have known that that's how things work. Like Mm -hmm. different types of lobster taste different. Why not oysters? I'm an idiot. I don't think that way. (laughs) Um, But uh, we, so we had oysters and we will go back for oysters. They are expensive for what you're getting. Yes, they are. I will say that. (laughs) I'm not excited about getting them because of the price, but they do taste good. (laughs) Yeah. For an appetizer, that's pretty expensive. Yeah. But it's a a treat. You know, you get a whole plate of oysters on the house shell. You share it with the table. It's a delicacy. It's a treat. And yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, I was not super wild about them when I was a kid. I didn't want to try them. It sounded gross, but as an adult, oh my goodness gracious, I love them. I love them. 
Just pass. it up. <laughs> I do not like oysters. I do not like them. I've tried eating them several times, and I refuse now. They are disgusting. Uh, I don't like how they smell when they just smell like they got they came straight out of the ocean, which I know is ideal, but I just don't like it. And I've never wanted to like it. I've I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I've I've wanted to like it. I've just never ended up liking it. Your body just says no. Yeah, no. How do you feel about like like fried oysters? Are those okay with it? I mean, sure, they're fried, so I'll eat them, but I'm not going to be I'm not going to be like, oh, man, this is a delicacy. This is so good. Like, I'll eat it, and I'll be like, well, it's fried. Well, they're, they're, they're not a delicacy <laughs> it's, anymore. It's a fried Yeah, yeah something. exactly. You're like, I kind of just, you know, Frankenstein's monstered it, and so I'm going to go ahead and just enjoy it while I can, but it's, it's just like a fried piece of grossness, so. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think you're crazy, but okay. No, it's, no you're not crazy. No, every, it's a question of taste. Mm-hmm. Is You know, I get it. I think um, I think, yeah, I'll go ahead and move on to my number two. I am going towards a show now. Uh, I've always been a history geek, as you guys know. I've talked about it. I love to read history. I obsess about it. I am very interested in all different spans of history, but in particular, early American history. And I've never been much for musicals outside of Disney, but I got to tell you, Hamilton <laughs> yeah. is incredible. And when it first came out, I didn't know what people were talking about. And then I realized it was a hip hop musical, Broadway musical about Alexander Hamilton. Uh, I was very skeptical. (laughs) I was real skeptical that this is something I would be interested in. I'm like, okay. Um, And at the moment that it came out, I was in kind of a, a Jefferson Adams moment because people talk about Ben Franklin. You talk about George Washington and, Um, Those are two of the big names. Jefferson, obviously a huge name, but um, John Adams, he was sort of having his comeback, uh, his his comeback moment. Well, with the HBO miniseries, which if you haven't seen that, you really need to get on Max and go watch it. It is wonderful. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the dialogue in that show actually came from letters to one another. So it's really the stuff that they said. It is incredible. And if you've seen Hamilton, Adams has he has no role in the play because Hamilton Adams were just sort of incidentally connected with each other through the Washington administration and that part of uh, that part of early American history. Um, But so they sort of, they don't, there's, what am I thinking? The, uh, the Venn diagram between Adams and Hamilton is very, very small. It's covered in the John Adams miniseries. It's not covered at all during the play. It's just very much glossed over Mm -hmm. uh, for time, (laughs) for, for time, but it was hugely important moment in Hamilton's life. Um, anyway, uh, in that show and in people who read about Jefferson and I was listening to a podcast called the Thomas Jefferson hour that was, you know, really, really informative about Jefferson. Um, Hamilton is sort of disregarded, not in his importance, but like his views were seen as like antithetical to American values. He was very British in terms of his economy, British in terms of his forms of government and aristocracy, uh, totally different from what. America was supposed to be about. That's just longstanding fights from our founding fathers from way back in the day. So I finally gave it a try and I listened to some of the Hamilton music on Spotify and I'm like, okay, I get it. I get, I, I get what this is. And then I saw some YouTube clips and I'm like, okay, holy shit. I, I want to watch this. This is actually kind of incredible. This is actually super interesting. And 
It's America then as told by American now. Hmm. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. It is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And I think if I were teaching early American history in middle school, I would insist that my class watch Hamilton. I would insist upon it because I can tell you as a early American history geek, except for the things that they obviously weren't trying to be true to history. Persons of color, you know, as founding fathers, we obviously there were white men and there was no hip hop and it was not a musical <laughs> other than the things they weren't trying to get historically accurate. The rest, they got surprisingly right. There is a lot of very good history in Hamilton. Uh, it is a must-see for any American. I love Hamilton. So good. It is quite good. I was late uh, on watching it. You know, everybody... Or I didn't see the musical, but when it was finally on Disney, I'm like, I'll watch a three-hour cut, you know, the full thing. And it was awesome. I agree with you. I really, really enjoyed the hell out of it. I don't think I love it as, as much as everybody does, but I really liked it a lot. And it was it was cool. And you said it exactly right. They They taught it in a way that's more relatable now like to the to the 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 youths of today so right yeah As kids I said, like me <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you who i'm really surprised by is mandy because she was never big into musicals ever 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 didn't just not interested at all except for disney musicals mm -hmm. and as far as american history that's not an interest of hers other than like i'm like hey you gotta see this okay yeah. she is obsessed with Hamilton obsessed. <laughs> she loves it so much. She will probably listen to the entire soundtrack at least two, three times a year. She yeah. just loves it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's a great choice. Uh, you're absolutely right. All right. Well then let's go on to, uh, I believe you now there, Zach, what's your number two? All right. So I was a young child once um, and I was in baseball. I did Little League and T-ball and whatever. I don't know exactly what age I was at for this, but let's just call it Little League. Uh, at the end of the year, all the kids would get to go to McDonald's and we'd have our little party to celebrate a good season and we'd all get Happy Meals, which was great. Loved a Happy Meal. Of course, you get Nugget Happy Meals when you're a kid because that's the only type of Happy Meal you should ever get because Nuggets are the best. And our coach went around and asked us all what kind of sauce we wanted. Now I'm a ketchup guy. I love ketchup, put it on almost everything. This hasn't changed pretty much my entire life. As a kid, I'd eat my nuggets with ketchup and honey. So honey was really good on nuggets. I don't know if you've had it before. If you haven't, it's delicious. But I would always get honey or ketchup with my nuggets. I was about sixth in line and everyone ahead of me starts saying barbecue sauce. And I'm kind of like, huh. And I've never had barbecue sauce. I didn't think it was going to be very good, but I love peer pressure and I didn't want to be left out. <laughs> so I said, I'll do barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah, I'll do barbecue sauce. Opened it up, kind of looked weird, smelled a little funky. Dipped that first nugget in, took a bite. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh boy, I was hooked. Uh, the sweet and the smokiness and the tanginess of barbecue sauce, especially the McDonald's, like very, very fake sugary barbecue sauce was awesome. Uh, I really love a good barbecue sauce on anything. And when I eat nuggets, my girlfriend's daughter was asking this to me the other day because uh, I told her this story. She's like, would you eat ketchup or barbecue sauce with your nuggets nowadays? I was like, barbecue sauce. It is so delicious. It always brings me back to that childhood. But I got out of my comfort zone and I was nervous about trying something new. And I tried it and I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. So that's one of my most vivid memories as a child is uh, just 
eating nuggets with barbecue sauce. So yeah, say no to drugs. Say yes to BBQ. <laughs> uh, I will say this right now. It's it's barbecue sauce and ketchup isn't even close. Like for yeah. nuggets. I do sweet baby rays with my nuggets if I ever make them. I just squeeze a bunch of it onto the plate <laughs> and just kind of don't really dip. You more just kind of like, like wash your plate with around. it. Yeah, you flip <laughs> over and then toss it in you taste more barbecue sauce than nugget yeah so good you don't need a cap on the sweet baby rays just cut the bottle (laughs) open because you're gonna get all the way through it or well with sweet baby rays they have a little little circular squeeze top so you just take a nugget and squeeze it right on one and then put it in your mouth that way you don't even have to put the the bottle down you just kind of that's that's for the classy folk oh yeah that's for when you don't want to get a fork out that's one of those fat kid hacks i know right yeah buddy what's your favorite dipping sauce eric Bro, well, it's 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 barbecue sauce, and I gotta tell you, I just came back from Charleston, mm-hmm. and my blood is about eighty percent barbecue <laughs> sauce right now, <laughs> and twenty percent sweet tea. I ate barbecue barbecue pretty much every other night or every night. I had barbecue for dinner. It was so goddamn good. They do barbecue wonderfully down there in South Carolina and barbecue Charleston sauce. in particular. Yeah, down there in the Low Country, they uh, they have a lot of vinegar based uh, mm-hmm. barbecue sauce. It's really really good. I know oh, yeah. in the upcountry it's uh, more mustard based, but mm-hmm. in the low country it's vinegar based, and that's right where I live, man. It's so god, gosh darn good. I had Rodney Scott barbecue, I had Jim and Nick's barbecue, and uh, I also had Lewis barbecue, which was I was told I had to go there. I was told it was the best barbecue in town, and <clears throat> I, I it was pretty damn close it's between Ooh. that and Rodney Scott. It's pretty damn close. Um, and I found out Lewis barbecue, you can actually they'll deliver actually ship you a full brisket um yeah they could ship you like the holy trinity of meats they'll send you a full brisket they'll send you a bunch of chicken they'll send you all these like super hot links so for like 200 bucks you get like eight six to eight people's worth of meat uh frozen and and sealed meat and then like give you instructions on how to warm them up just perfectly right and recook just perfectly correct and i'm thinking for football season boys Oh, yes, please. <laughs> might just have to see who wants to dip in and throw a couple bucks my way and just get it done. Don't tempt me, Frodo. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm absolutely tempting you. So. That sounds amazing. Oh, dude, the brisket was, I mean, you could cut it with a spoon. It was perfect. My God, it was so good. Anyway, yeah, like I said, I'm eating salads for a while. Yeah, as you should. As I should, I really no. I just ugh, man, I I pigged out in South Carolina. Okay, <laughs> they've got some really good food down there, guys. So I've heard. <laughs> I think we're going on our number three now, Tom. You're number three. Yes, and I will start my number three off by telling you a little about my trip. Um, because I went over to the East Coast. Uh, we flew out to Baltimore. Uh, to go to a family reunion, which. Started off really shaky because we were both angry at each other at the uh, airport because we forgot to put a TSA pre-check on our on our flight. We When we booked the flight, we forgot to put it on there. Then we put it on after. And then we said we were going to call and say, hey, we need this put on our flights. We forgot to do that. So we got to the airport. We didn't have TSA pre-check. And I have not experienced TS, non-TSA pre-check. General screening. <laughs> And it is atrocious. It's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. Um, On our flight back, it took us like three minutes to get through security. It took us 45 minutes to get through to fly over there. So, and we both hadn't eaten. I didn't eat lunch 
and we hadn't eaten dinner yet either. So we were just angry at each other and it was just getting <laughs> worse and worse. And then I had to have a dry sandwich because we were already running late. Not because oh, of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which was also which was okay. also adding a little bit to it um <laughs> but yes so we landed in in uh baltimore and it was 6 a.m and it was already 83 degrees out um which was terrible um it cooled down then we fly back we get one night in our bed and then we have to get up the next day and drive to Leavenworth for a wedding. <laughs> so we got one whole night in our bed. Um, and in that second packing, I forgot an item. I forgot a white t-shirt to go under my dress shirt. And that's not a big deal most of the time, except for Leavenworth does not have any stores like a Walmart or a Target. So I had to go and buy a $57 white t-shirt at a boutique <laughs> and i was very grumpy about it when i was doing it because i am what they like to call i'll call it frugal some people call it cheap <laughs> i don't want to have to buy a 57 white t-shirt it was soft in my hand so i was like this is fine and i wore it the next day and that t-shirt felt amazing <laughs> under me no sweat on me at all. It just felt beautiful and silky against my skin. And I love that $57 t-shirt, even though my soul does not want me to own it. <laughs> mm. I am happy with my purchase. <laughs> and it is difficult for me to say that. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, it hurts. <laughs> but it's a okay. good white t-shirt. <laughs> That's the opposite of buyer's remorse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so what what brand was it? Did you say what brand it was? Oh, no, I have no clue what brand it is. It was just one of the uh, I think it was the the store was called Culture in mm -hmm. Leavenworth. Culture. Um, and I just I looked at that price tag and I was like, oh, like I could feel it in my gut. <laughs> like, like, God the damn it. <laughs> of can't I could actually drive back home to Seattle, yeah. <laughs> get a shirt from my closet and drive back. It's only going to take four hours. It's Leavenworth. And then I'll have it for the next day. No big deal. Right. Mm -hmm. But my wife wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> yeah, this this is why you save up money, because sometimes shit just happens and you've got to just spend dumb money on things like that. And Hey, you were pleasantly surprised. I'm, I'm very happy for you. I have had that experience as well. Um, it is the opposite of buyer's remorse. It doesn't happen very often. Buyer's remorse. I get that all the time. Yeah. Like, all the time. <laughs> That's uh, cool. Um, well, you were talking I'm, about travel. I'm, I'm starting to get buyer's remorse from my season tickets just because it's once again, two years in a row. I have like, I just bought a ticket today. I still have $440 to spend Holy by shit. the end of the season. It's like, I told myself this wouldn't happen. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll, we're going. And and I was going to take Whitney <laughs> and I was like, we're going to get the nicest seats we can get just so I can spend some of this money. Like we're, we're sitting somewhere real nice. Don't like you right behind home plate. Diamond, Diamond Club. Oh yeah. That's what's happening. <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh, cool. You got to do that at least once. And if you've got the extra cash to throw it that way. Because that uh, <laughs> that season ticket package goes a long, long way when you're only spending ten bucks at a time. Uh, especially because I go on Wednesday a lot, and Wednesday is always like a bargain day, so yeah. tickets are always twenty dollars to somewhere somewhat nice. Like it's not tough to get twenty dollar nice tickets. 
It's like, that's shit, great, man. charge me more, please. <laughs> Hard to be mad at a really good I, deal like that. But. I, I can't like not take the deal. <laughs> I mean, I it's, have to it's do Felix it. Hernandez Hall of Fame weekend this weekend, and it's like <sighs> crazy expensive. I was trying to go to the game on Sunday. We're trying to go trying to get seven tickets, but it's like three hundred and something dollars after fees Ooh. and everything. And I was like, I don't want to pay that. I'm used to paying like ten dollars a ticket. I'm not going to pay yeah. thirty five dollars a ticket. It's just it's stupid stuff. But. Mariners are on a little bit of a run right now. Knock on wood, knock on wood, they knock on wood. I'm, man, I'm, I'm going could, on Wednesday against the Padres. Turn around. Me you may too. be very happy you saved up this money. Yeah, Tom. That's true. You were talking about traveling, going through. I do not have the TSA pre-check because I just don't feel like I travel enough to justify it yeah. even though it's probably not true because i feel like i've traveled a lot over the it's last two it, years it's incredible it's worth every well, penny yeah it's just like your solemn promise not to be a terrorist isn't that pretty much what well, it they, is like, they do like a whole background check on you yeah. and then they accept you because okay. it's like oh we don't see anything in your past that could be anything so okay. yeah and it's way better do yeah. it you especially because it, it's like 129 dollars for five years or whatever so, oh shit that's actually yeah. really good Yes. Wow. So even if you go a couple times uh, in that five years, you pay Um, for acceptance. That's what you pay. Yeah. So I got to Wednesday morning, got to SeaTac really early parked. Um, It's still. Yeah, I went through general. And yes, it took that time to get through all the security and all that. When I got done in Charleston on this last Friday, uh, everybody was telling me, dude, it's going to take you no time to get through security. Just chill. Your flight doesn't take off till 430. It's like just now two o'clock you're fine i'm like nope i'm nope nope you don't understand you don't listen to my podcast if you listen you would understand bye (laughs) and i i left and walked and i once i got to the from dropping off my rental car to walking you know 300 yards into the terminal and getting checked in and getting through security 12 minutes Mm -hmm. in charleston because charleston's airport is about the size of a walk-in closet there is not much to that airport at all. So, yeah, it's a nice air. It's fine. It's got some stuff. It's cool, but it's like it just took no time at all. So I was very spoiled. It's just that we live here in the SeaTac. And, and yeah. now, now right. picture that, but at any airport, that's what TSA pre-check is. Uh, I'd still get there four hours early, just like you. Oh, no, I do, too. Pass. <laughs> I, I'm an hour before my flight. That's what I do. Mm. OK, well, moving on to my number three, and I'm going to go into video games now. I am an obsessive video gamer. I've talked about this before. I th- we got people who they will sample and 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 dabble through a lot of different games. Um, I'm not that guy. I get into one or two games. I get really, really into them, and they're my thing. That becomes my thing. Um, I tried Mass Effect when our mutual buddy Jake Yarton got into it. Uh, the first game a bunch of years back. I tried it at his apartment back when I was living in Arlington. I came over after second shift one night, stayed at his house till like three, four in the morning playing it. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. I get it. Uh, and it got into my head a little bit and just enough to get into my head and stay into my head. And he kept bothering me about it. Um, but I didn't really play mass effect one. Mm-hmm. I did play mass effect two and I got really into it for a little bit. And then I couldn't get into three legendary edition came out a couple of years ago. And I have played through that whole, the whole series one, two, and three, probably seven times now. I love Mass Effect. It is one of the coolest video game series ever where you make a decision in the first game 
and you will see ramifications of that decision two games later. That's cool. at the end. Yes, absolutely cool. The decisions you make matter. I, in that particular time of my gaming life, I was more into massive multiplayer online role-playing games. I was not super into shooters like Call of Duty and things like that. I'm still not, um, though I appreciate them more now. Uh, I'm, I, I, I like I like role playing. That's my thing. I like getting into the mind of a character and Kinky. playing with that character. Kinky. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, all that. Actually, you get to choose romances in Mass Effect um, 1, 2, and 3. And yes, you can carry over the same character or you can change, change different. And yes, there's drama if you do that. Um, so yeah, and it's fun to play around with. There's all kinds of YouTube videos out there that you can see that's kind of that, that talks about the the lore ramifications if you go from one character to another and um, it's just really, really cool. It's just a fun and interesting story concept where story comes first. And I even just play the game. Most of the time I've just played it on casual because I don't really, I'm not the kind of gamer who has to be the, the best shooter ever. And I know all the different tricks, the call of duty, you know, mm-hmm. bro, who's got to have be champion of the ranking boards, you know, yeah, your EP is magnificent, sir. Uh, that's not me. I don't care. Um, I love the story. That's what I care about. And Mass Effect is one of the best friggin' stories I have ever experienced in video gaming. Uh, it is a space shooter. It's a sci- space sci-fi shooter game, uh, role-playing game that's really, really cool. And Mass Effect 3, the ending, or rather I should say endings, because that game ends depending on the choice you make as Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit controversial at the time. And uh, they had to kind of hurry it. That's why it was controversial. They released another version uh, ending later on that was just as controversial, whatever. And then the fourth game came out, Andromeda, which I haven't played. It has no connection with the original trilogy at all. And that's why I'm not interested in Andromeda. I just don't care. I care about the story. I don't care that it's Mass Effect. I just I care about the story of Shepard and all that. So um, there is a new game coming out soon. It is in works right now. And it's supposed to carry on Shepard's story somehow. Um, it's very cool. So I would recommend anybody who would be interested in the game to get Legendary Edition. It's available on Steam. And if you are not a gamer, but you are interested in the story, there are YouTube. Um, they create game movies, basically, where they take all the cutscenes, all the important cutscenes, and you could just get the story that way as well. Hmm. Uh, and there's and there's different versions of the story as well that you can go through. The story changes depending on the choices that that, that particular character made. So um, it's it's wonderful. Mass Effect is amazing. And if I were to guess what series would make like a really good Netflix or Max series brought to life, Mass Effect would be incredible. Um, I've never played Mass Effect. I might actually. I'll open Steam once we're off of this. Uh, I might actually look into it now because I know it's a good game. People have said that. I just never, never gotten around to it. It's incredible. It is one of my all-time favorite things. I could, when again, I was sort of lukewarm at the idea of it at first, but there was some little nugget, something that caught a little brainworm that caught on that never really got out of my head, and then I tried it with Legendary Edition, and I have played it through so many freaking times and it's well, just great everyone has that game for me i've played final fantasy 7 at least 15 times all the way sure. through <laughs> like sure. everyone has that game yeah 
Never played Mass Effect, but I, I, everybody who has played it tells me the same thing, Eric. They talk about how much they love it. So I will take all of your words for it on how great it is. All right. Well, how about we take your words on your number three? Okay. So um, I like to see things. I use my eyes to see things uh, naturally. And I, you know, in middle school, my eyes were not the best. Uh, so I had to get some re- some glasses to see from a distance. Did not like wearing them as much as possible. So from middle school through college, I would only pull them out every once in a while, like when I'm in class and I need to see things far away. But then they'd go right back into the glasses case. Then I got a little bit older and I was kind of like, you know what? I'm tired of not being able to see things. Uh, Let me get some contacts. So I got some contacts and I liked them. Issue is my eyes were getting dry after about eight or nine hours of wearing them. Uh, But they were still good when I did activities and various things. So then I said, you know what? There's got to be a solution. Well, let me just try glasses. And I tried glasses on and I will just toot my own horn for a second because I do not think I am like this, but I got a lot of compliments on how handsome I looked. And so I ran with glasses and I was pleasantly surprised that they actually worked very well with my face. One thing I get a lot is, oh, Clark Kent vibes or whatever. And I'm like, I, I, I could get down with that, I guess. Um, but yeah, the glasses, man. And I've been able to accessorize them throughout the years. I really enjoy my glasses. I'm wearing contacts right now as we record this podcast. It's because I was doing things earlier and I haven't had time to take them out. Um, but I prefer to wear my glasses. They, my eyes hurt less. I can see things. And aesthetically, they look pretty solid on me. So I was nervous about it for years. But then I decided to start wearing them. And I'm like, hey, they work. So eyeglasses. Uh, I'm the same as you where from middle school until probably about two years ago, I just didn't wear my glasses. Like I knew I needed them. My vision wasn't bad enough that I couldn't like drive or anything. It was just kind of blurry and I just got to get used to it. Um, I'm wearing my glasses right now. I actually prefer contacts, but I always forget to put them in. (laughs) Glasses are much easier to remember than to jab something into my eyeball every morning. Um, so that's why I wear glasses all the time instead of contacts. Yeah. And it depends, you know, like I have prescription sunglasses and that can be a bummer because you have to switch back and forth. So summertime, I usually like to wear my contacts, but you know, spring, fall and winter, um, it's, it's glasses, baby. I, I, I like the way it works. It, it works for me. I can take them off and rub my eyes. Um, I don't have to worry about, you know, ripping the contact or anything like that, but yeah, I pretty much only wear the contacts when I do activities. So. I got to go get my eyes checked. It's starting, things are starting to get a little fuzzy from a distance <sighs> that they didn't used to be. I think old age is starting to catch up to me. Just a scotch. Just a little drunk bit. all the time, Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that's that good factor. As well. that has- <laughs> go, go get them checked now, because at some point you're just going to think this is just how I see, because that's how I was for here. This is just like, yeah. this is just how the world is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, not. <laughs> well, you bring up contacts. I, I'm thinking about adding contacts to to uh for my uh, halloween endeavors mm. uh there's all kinds of cool colored contacts out there but i've i've never really put them on and i'm nervous about poking my eyeball so oh don't worry you can poke your eyeball all you want it doesn't hurt <laughs> like you just have to get used to doing it no no it, it's super easy it doesn't hurt at all mm-hmm. it's just it's just getting that motion down without like closing trying to close your eye because you are worried about it mm. just boom you just Click it right in. Super okay. 
Well, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know. I got to find them and <laughs> give them a try. Okay. Can I so pitch something we... to you guys real quick and just tell you about something wonderful? Because, like, you know, I mentioned that it's summertime. But uh, it's okay. been hot out. And we all know that with the heat comes the the sweat. You got the boob sweat. You got the armpit sweat. You got the butt sweat. All the, all the sweats. Um, it's a wonderful na- way that, uh, you know, it's natural. It cools our bodies. Um, and it's how we combat hotter temps. The downside is that we lose a lot of electrolytes, potassium, and essential vitamins needed to keep our bodies going throughout the day. But how do we achieve those necessary essential electrolytes, you ask? Eric's asking right now. I can see him. It's actually super easy and tasty. Just grab a liquid IV. Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product that you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential uh, vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a daily workout, when you're feeling run down, after a long night out, or even on long airline flights. Now, I personally love using Liquid IV on all of my hikes, my bike rides, my snowboarding excursions, and my backpacking trips. There are 12 delicious flavors. Uh, they are refreshing. They keep your hydration routine exciting. And they are, to name a few, strawberry, guava, lemon lime, and many, many more. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks alone. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. And the best news of all is that as a listener of this show and our other show, the Don't Be Crazy podcast, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use promo code DBCRAZYPOD at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop for better hydration today using promo code DBCRAZYPOD at liquidiv.com. Thank you and stay hydrated. Sorry, Eric. Had, <laughs> no, you have nothing to apologize for. I have had the lemon lime for a little bit now and... God, it's good. It is very, it is really tasty. It's incredibly refreshing Mm -hmm. and I have no problem slamming water. It's just a huge, big old thing of water. Just like a, one of those REI co-op with the 32 ounce of just slamming them, man. No problem with it. Yeah. uh, Sometimes it's hard to stay hydrated and these things are, they are wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I plan on buying it this week. I didn't want to buy it before my trip because I didn't want it showing up on my doorstep and being stolen. Yeah, but then whoever that thief is, they'd be the most hydrated thief in the world at that point. That's that's true. Maybe they'll be like, "Ooh, maybe I should just become like a bike rider. Like I'll win the uh, what's it called? Tour de France. Tour de France. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, the other one. (laughs) No, the other the other bike race. (laughs) Thomas, what's your fourth? Uh, My fourth one. um, So there's only been two flights in my life um, where I haven't had my wife next to me. but there's only been one of those two flights where I had no one with me. I am very nervous at the beginning and the end of flights. And one time we flew over to the East Coast. We stayed at her parents. But she was going to Tennessee for a conference from her parents. And I had to fly back home by myself. And this was nerve wracking for me as a person who doesn't like takeoffs and usually holds her hand while we're taking off and landing. Um, so I was very iffy when it came to flying on my own uh, enough that sitting at the airport, I had four beers in about two hours just trying to get my nerves to calm down a little. And then we got on that flight and we took off and it was perfectly fine. No problems. I didn't have to be nervous at all. It was just like every other flight I've taken. 
Um, it was actually maybe even better because someone's head wasn't on my shoulder the instant we get on the plane because Whitney, I don't even think she knows what a takeoff is because I don't think she's ever made it to the takeoff without already being asleep because somehow <laughs> she can do that like a crazy person. I have slept a grand total of maybe two hours in 10 flights. <laughs> like I don't, I can't sleep no matter what, but, uh, but it was a pretty good flight flying by myself. It was real good. I didn't have to uh, say, yes, we'll take two snacks. And can I get a ginger ale for her? Shh, she's asleep. She'll she'll drink it when she's up. <laughs> oh, I hope this isn't an episode she chooses to uh, listen to. Oh, I was just going to say it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, I you think Zach's on mute. I apologize. I was going to say, so are you saying, are you saying first solo flight or something like that? Yes. First okay. solo flight. Only solo yeah. flight. I've, you know, I flew solo to, you know, South Carolina and back. And I must say, I am very much like you in terms of I'm a stress travel. I try, like I get very stressed about travel. I get very paranoid about missing my flight. That's why I get there stupid freaking early. And when it's just me, I do have to take extra special, like there's more preparation because I, I, I can't count on Mandy to remember like all the things I got to, you know, she still helps me pack, but like, I thought I had everything packed. I was wrong. She, <laughs> she, she was very quick to point out how wrong I was. <laughs> she found all the things I forgot. Um, I'm just like, ah, they have stuff in South Carolina. I'll buy it there. Uh, you know, but yes, I, I do. There was, there's a certain, kind of cool thing about traveling by yourself that you know what you just get to that seat and you just zone out and whatever you don't have to you know the person next to you doesn't you don't have to worry about entertaining them yeah. <laughs> you know and they're not like resting on your shoulder and whatever uh the downside is i had to hold in a fart like really badly i had to hold it <laughs> barbecue farts for Ew. like the last two hours of my flight over charleston because the gal next to me is not my wife <laughs> it would not think it's funny that sounds um, terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. It's a, it was a rough experience. I've had those flights. Those flights are rough. Where, when it's just like, I don't want to like get up and go to the bathroom because I don't really no. have to. But my right. stomach also wants to release a little something. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. It's the worst. And I hold okay. it in for the people. <laughs> yes. Look how nice we are. Speaking of people and nice, uh, the people in Charleston are just about the nicest damn people you'll ever meet in your life. I'll tell you that right now. They were so nice to a fault down there. A lot of other people are nice at the Renaissance Fair. Mandy and I went with my mom and my sister Ashley this last weekend to the Washington Renaissance Fair. I got this really cool mug. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, but it's like a mm. memorial. Yeah, it's a really cool beer mug. Mm. Um, that's really cool. Uh, the Ren Ren Fair. If you've never gone, go because it's incredible. Um, be prepared to spend a little money because uh, the tickets to get in are cheap, but there's so many great things to spend money on when you get there from costuming to beer steins and mugs to just all kinds of cool stuff, man. It's so entertaining. Um, and that leads me into my number four. I, again, I mentioned I am an obsessive gamer and I, again, I mentioned I was into MMORPGs uh, in the mid two thousands in a big, 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 big way. Um, fantasy as a genre is my background. Zach, we've talked about that with Lord of the Rings a lot. Uh, I was super into Final Fantasy XI when it came out. When I came home from uh, Iraq, and um, and I also dipped into EverQuest 2. Mandy and I played a lot of that. I was not 
into World of Warcraft when it first came out. Uh, it was a bit of a joke the first six months it was out, uh, but I was a little bit interested because I did love World Warcraft 2. I played that when I was a kid. And uh, Warcraft 3 was really cool as well, and the lore is really interesting. But I tried it out, and it just it wasn't as good as the other games. And I was, I was pretty dismissive of it. I'm like, wow, mm, cool, wow. I'm going to play wow. Mm, mm, wow, mm. wow. Anyway... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually started working at the casino with a guy named Mike. Ah, you should play wild with us. Ah. And Tom, <laughs> he's like, you should play with our buddy Tom. Ah. And, and you know, Dylan. Ah. Anyway, um, you know, it, but it, it got better. Uh, and then it became great. And like I said, my new friends were playing it and I gave it another chance. And then it kind of took over my life for a while. <laughs> World of Warcraft is uh, one of the greatest gaming experiences I've ever had. I have ne- I have experienced wonderful games of all kinds of genres, but World- nothing like World of Warcraft. It took over for a long time. Um, we've talked a lot about it, so we don't need to get too much into it again. Um, at the time, we played the Horde because all the kids went to go play with the Alliance. I want to be a dwarf. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we kind of got away from that and played with the Horde. And um, but I think that changed though when Blood Elves became a thing. Tom, yeah, because everybody, all the kids wanted to be blood elves, and then like that was the first expansion, yeah, yeah. Anyway, World of Warcraft was surprisingly great when I got into it, and I realized that as much as I love Final Fantasy XI, it will be my first MMO love in my most sincere. And as much as I'll always appreciate EverQuest Two, the music was wonderful, the scenery was wonderful. and uh, the crafting system is probably the best I've ever experienced. Um, World of Warcraft is the best MMO I ever played. Cool. Uh, I, I remember I moved in with Dylan in Arlington, and it came out while we were living together. I think we lived together for like two years. Um, and I thought getting in a, like my own, my first own apartment, we'd have like parties and stuff. This is going to go crazy. And no, it just turned into two guys sitting in the living room on their computers playing World of Warcraft for most of their free time. It's all we did because we were nerds and that's what nerds do. <laughs> Two of the best uh, years we, of your life. We, Yeah. We had zero <laughs> parties to my knowledge. They might've been going on around me while I was playing World of Warcraft, but I don't know. <laughs> Who needs it? You can have a party in WoW. Yeah. Wow. I don't play, I don't play WoW, but I know that it took over your guys' lives. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. My turn. Yep, um, you're number four. Going back to the foods there. Uh, this was a few years ago, actually. I love pizza. Who doesn't love pizza, right? It's delicious. Uh, yeah. But I was I was a red sauce guy. I did barbecue sauce on some pizza sometimes, you know, chicken barbecue, bacon pizza, whatever. Don't like the white sauce because it has garlic. Uh, but I was I was hankering for a different type of pizza because red sauce only goes so far. So I was dating a gal and we went for beers after the Seahawks game and they had this pizza place and she goes, do you want to get pesto on the pizza? And I was like, it looks weird and sounds weird, but screw it. Let's let's try it. When they brought that pesto pizza out, I about lost my shit. I was like, this is incredible. Why did I wait so long to eat pesto? And I was on a, I was on like a bender, like a drug addict. I was buying pesto <laughs> left and right, and I was like dipping things in it and trying stuff. And oh my god, it was good. So I uh, have have narrowed it down to my favorite type of pesto is actually the vegan pesto from Trader Joe's. 
I'm sure there are better kinds out there, but that's the kind I really like. Um, it feels less oily than uh, like real pesto because, you know, they don't use Parmesan cheese with it because it's vegan. So uh, it's 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 great. I, I love the shit out of it. And man, I'm going to my dinner tonight. I'm making some some noodle mix and then I'm going to put some chicken with it and I'm putting that pesto sauce on it because, oh, boy, it really hits the spot. So I love pesto. Uh, at the wedding I just went to, they had a uh, pesto risotto was one of the uh, one of the foods, and it was delicious. Uh, Whitney couldn't try it because it was one of the pestos with nuts in it, and she's allergic to tree nuts, uh, uh, which which is our main reason why we don't get a lot of pestos is because we got to make sure what type of pesto is on this thing, and it's it's not worth asking the questions. Just get something else. <laughs> <laughs> I like pesto, but not on my pizza. I, I don't know if I'm adventuring enough. I don't know if I'm going to waste the pizza oh, experimenting. I think, I think oh, you'd it, really like it. It, it is not a waste. I it's will not tell a waste. That. I I, I think you'd really delicious. like it. Oh, I'm it's, sure I would. It, it's like the first time I heard the Beatles. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, man, we are this is a long. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to record. So we are. Uh, this has been a catching up podcast. Mm. So we're running along here. We're going in our fifth and final. Tom, why don't you give us your fifth and final? So for the first 28 years of my life or so, uh, I had different jobs where I delivered pizza. I was a valet at a casino. I worked at Safeway. Um, yeah. And. One day, my wife said, you got to get a big boy job. And I was like, yes, you're probably right about that. And in getting a big boy job, I had to do something that I was dreading and get an office job. Um, I I felt like I didn't want to talk to people. And I, I was just like, ah, I got to like meet whole new people. That's the worst. And I kind of dreaded going into the office um, and then I went into the office and then I realized the office isn't bad at all. In fact, the office is pretty awesome. They do lots of potlucks and there's always <laughs> food. People bring in different snacks. The office rules like people really don't talk to you uh, unless they actually want to get to know you, which as long as you uh, are like me and not very personable with people who come up to your desk randomly, um, they won't come and bother you again. Uh, I wasn't rude or anything, just, you know. I give short answers because I'm very concise when it comes to that sort of stuff where someone asks me a question. I say, yes, I don't elaborate. <laughs> like I answered <laughs> your question. We are now done. Um, but I love the office. I kind of miss it, but I also like working in my underwear more than the office is the only reason I don't go in there. Uh, it's pretty great to not have to put on pants every morning. Now I'm thinking of I'm you putting fun. on pants, Tom. It rarely happens. <laughs> I believe it didn't happen until one o'clock today. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I prefer office work. I really do. That's why I work so hard to get out of the motor pool. I went from the motor pool and getting shot at to parking cars and working security at the casino to working uh, an office job where I was at uh, the Comcast getting yelled at by dickheads who didn't like when the cable didn't work. I guess they were not really dickheads for that. I get it. You're spending a lot of money for something that's entertaining and you kind of count on it. I, I get it, but still, yeah, no, going to an office role is, is good. I like it. Some people though would get crazy nuts. Absolutely batty. They couldn't stand it. Uh, you guys yeah. watch Bob's burgers. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's an episode where he was thinking about giving up uh, being a restaurateur and he was daydreaming about, you know, just office office chit chat and signing birthday cards and eating cake and doing Borat impressions. And he woke up screaming, no, so, I mean, that is essentially the office. <laughs> there are people like that who they would rather they just would rather die than work in a setting like that. They just couldn't do it. Can't mm-hmm. do it. Can't make the small talk. Hate it. Um, I'm still jealous of you guys working remote. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's pretty great. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to mine number five. Um, this is another one where Mandy was right. Uh, I like role playing. I said in video games, I like role playing a lot. Um, and I gotten more into role play, uh, more comfortable with it over the last five or six years. I've been playing D and D. Um, but the haunt in October, which I've talked about quite a bit on here, um, being a clown in the haunted corn maze, uh, at stalker farms, that was never something that was really ever. I was interested in doing that was Mandy's thing. And, She's told me like how she got into it, but I'm still not like 100% sure like what inspired her to actually go down there and apply for it in the first thing in the first place. I don't know, but she just decided to do it five or six years ago now. And, uh, you know, it became her thing that she does in October. So, you know, good for her. And I worked hourly at Boeing for a long time on the floor. And there was just no way I could commit the weekends to go do it because, you know, we're going to Boeing. You never know what weekend you're going to have to work, right? Mm-hmm. You can't commit to some, another job. That's nuts. Um, so of course she would come home still in her makeup and hover over me, breathing weirdly and wake me up. But God, you creepy woman. And she loved that shit. And anyway, once I went salary, she's like, you're, you're coming haunting with me. That's just going to happen. So I remember actually being kind of mad about it because the timing worked out where like, this was like the first weekend of my life after I'd gone to my salary role. This is like the first weekend of my life. I have my weekends back finally. And during football season, no less. And now I'm giving up a whole Saturday, a whole ass Saturday to go to this ridiculous scare school thing. And I was just really, really annoyed with her. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Why? Who who decided that I was going to do this? I don't remember like agreeing to this. I guess you just set it up anyway. I just sucked it up and I went and, you know, that was, that was all right that day. That was fun. That was cool. And all right. And I was intrigued for the next step and getting into the actual haunt, the pregame of going through, getting, having your call time and getting your, your outfit and getting into makeup and hair and getting that done and finding your spot in the haunt and getting into character and working with your scene partner. Uh, she was right. It is unreasonably fun. It is incredibly fun and it's still work. It's still a job. You still have people counting on you and you still have to clock in, clock out, that kind of thing. But there is no reason on earth it should be as fun as it, as it is. It is ridiculously, stupidly fun. Um, and some nights are harder than others, to be sure. But it's preposterous how fun it is to scare the shit out of people. Uh, and we've paid for it. We've gone through. We get it. We get the allure. Um, Halloween gets to come early for us because we have to prepare for it. And uh, it's such a cool experience to go work it. Um, so immediately I was like, yep, I'm sign me up. I'm doing it again. So this coming Wednesday, I have my tryout for this next year. I have the job. It's just trying to figure out what role that is going to work for me this year. See if they want to do something different. They change it up every year to kind of keep it fresh. Um, because if you do the same thing, then people are be like, okay, I already had that experience. I'm, I'm never coming back. You don't want that. You want a different, a different, fresh experience every year. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Working in the haunt was uh, a pleasant surprise that I can't believe how much I liked it. And pretty sure I'm just going to be doing that in October from now on. 
you guys should think about doing it too because it's pretty fun yeah i mean i would like to go and see you i didn't get a chance to go last year um so i think this year i'll come and see you and say hi how's it going yeah i think last year yeah i think last year there was just so much going on with our everybody people had places to travel and shit going on this is you know the hunt i'll go again this year or i'll go this year i should say good all right i'll let you know when tickets go on sale and i'll tell you guys when to go by sounds groovy all right what is your fifth and final good sir all right, so fifth and vinyl. Uh, I was in London and I was hanging out with my friend. Uh, her husband and I were talking, and he goes, "Have you watched Drive to Survive?" And I said, "No, I have not. I've heard about Formula One, but I don't really know about it." The amount of detail that James explained to me um, about F one—I mean, he's a great salesman, so it sold me. So I started watching Drive to Survive. I crushed the first season in like two days when I was uh, in London when I had downtime. And holy crap, love the shit out of it. And so it made me a huge Formula One fan. So much so that I would say on record, Formula One is my second favorite sport of all time, even above football. Um, it's wow. ba- baseball, F1, and then football. Love football, but honestly, F1 is so much cooler. And I am just sold on it. Um, I heard about it. I was like, eh, I don't know, maybe race cars. I kind of not really super into racing, but it's so much more than that. And I, I, I could, I could do a whole podcast in a while of F1. But yes, Formula One racing. Which I I love Formula One. Oh, I like Formula One. My wife loves Formula One. Uh, We have a text chain with Gordy and Colton, and she is definitely the one that talks in it the most. (laughs) Like she is posting stuff in there, setting out pictures, and just like she wakes up at five o'clock in the morning to watch the race. She'll oh, yeah. wake me up. I'll watch the first 10 minutes and fall back asleep. Um, Cause I mean, Max is going to win. Why do I not yeah. watch the whole race? Like- no, I mean, it's, 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 it's the first <laughs> show like the entire year. It's pretty crazy, but you know, there are still moments of brilliance and stuff. So you, you, oh, yeah. you root for the midfield, you root for second place. And we've seen some cool stuff. Once we come back from silly summer, it will be very interesting to see who's taking over that second spot. Cause you know, like McLaren's, heating up and doing a lot better. So there's still upgrades to be had. Well, and that's why I love F1 is because there's like, there's the top like four teams that are fighting for first place. And then there's another group right below that. That's just, they're not looking at those top spots. Mm -hmm. It's like, if the Mariners were just like, we just want to kind of finish around third place in the division. And that would be a good season for them. (laughs) Like it's, it's weird that there's different like classes in the same race that are happy to just, Oh, we got 10th place. We got a point. We don't get points at all. This is crazy. This just made our entire year. <laughs> it's that midfield. It's crazy yeah. stuff. But yeah, Formula One racing. Amazing. And just wait until now Ryan Reynolds and oh, Rob man. McElhenney are going to make their own show <laughs> about it also. <laughs> Ugh. I've heard you guys talk about the show quite a bit. I, I just haven't really taken the time to get into it, but I'm sure like I'm sure I'd get hooked too. But again, I'm an obsessive. I have my my cards, my dance cards full right now. I don't need a new thing to obsess about. I'm that's the, that's the great news. It's literally like once every two weeks is a race. Like you don't have yeah. to pay attention. Like they're taking a summer break right now where they're off for like three or four weeks or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, they come back at the end of August. Yeah. Now it's so. the time to catch up. That's right. Yeah, it'll be Zanvort, which is also uh, Max's home race. So it's like. Uh. So he won already? <laughs> Well, I mean, he's the best driver 
almost of all time. There's still a lot to be had for for that conversation. But this year he's destroying everybody. Has he not finished first yet? Like, yeah, he's he's did he have like a a race? He's won. I think he's won um, nine races out of the 13 so far because Checo's won. And then um, someone else took first. Might have been Charles. No, I don't even think he had a first place finish this year. Might have been Carlos. But yeah, yeah. it was. It's pretty much been all red. Does no, he no, just have an yeah, insanely. Does he have like an insanely better car than everybody, or is he really just that talented? It's a lot. Red Bull is a fine tuned machine because it's a it's an ultimate team sport. It's it's all about fine margins. Um, I mean, it's all about you know you you ha- you're required to do pit stops. You have to do at least one, and uh, people have different tire strategies. Now, if other teams are doing, tr- t- I, I got to for the interest of time, I, I don't want to get into this too much, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but basically, the mechanics, uh, you know, they have to be spot on with their their pit stops. So a two point five second stop is brilliant. Um, uh, but a 2.4 second stop could mean the, the difference between first and fourth place. Seriously, okay. like like there are hundreds of a second that separate teams and especially during qualifying, which is amazing. Sometimes it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible. I'd say qualifying is actually sometimes more exciting than the yep. actual race, <laughs> especially on on uh, city city circuits, uh, yeah. street circuits, because then, you know, like Monaco, it's like if you have a pole, you're pretty much going to win unless you're Leclerc and Ferrari screws you over like last year. But <laughs> I digress. OK, so that's Either what I got. This was a podcast specifically geared towards talking about things that we love. We were always going to nerd out about these topics. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's go down our list. Tom had sushi. He had oysters, an expensive white shirt, his first solo flight, and going into the office. All things that surprise him of how much he likes them. Me, myself, Eric Snackburglar, that's me, The Dark Knight, Hamilton, Mass Effect, World of Warcraft, and The Haunt, or Haunting. Zach had Bumble, BFF, Barbecue Sauce, Glasses, Pesto, and Formula One. Thank you all for tuning into the Top 5 Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Top 5, at ZachDale60, at Tom Top 5, and at SnackBurglar, that's me, where you can give us ideas, tell us if we're crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, uh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Thank you, and remember, it's okay to be wrong, even though you think you're right. A pessimist gets nothing but pleasant surprises. An optimist, nothing but unpleasant. Hmm. Okay. Right. Pessimistic, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to take that. All right. All right. All right bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> bye.